All right. So one Sunday morning, an old cowboy walks into uh, a modern church, but he's kind of old school. Um, and it's a it's a modern giant church right in the suburbs. He's what he's wearing is clean, but he definitely looks like an old cowboy. And the people don't really greet him that much. They kind of stay away from him, um, just kind of ignore him in the back. After the service, the preacher sees him and says, you know, can you do me a favor? Before you come back next week, can you just talk to God and ask him what he thinks you, maybe you should wear if you come back here? And the guy says, all right, sir, I will. So he comes back next Sunday and he's wearing the same exact clothes, clean, Right, but just kind of cow, old cowboy looking. And the same thing happens. He's kind of ignored. After the service, the pastor saw him and says, hey, I thought we kind of had this deal. You're going to talk to God. He said, yes, sir, we did. He said, well, did you? He said, yes, I did. And he said, well, what did God tell you you should wear if you come to church here? He said, well, I asked God and God said, I don't really know. I don't know what you should wear. I've never been to that church. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> Unfortunately... Unfortunately, that sentiment is probably true, right, at a lot of places. Most of you know that this past week, Laura and I and some of our teens went to a conference called the Life Conference. And it was definitely a place where God had been and was. Um, you know, it's, I think we might maybe take for granted, maybe, a little bit, right, to be in God's presence. Um, there's definitely... A lot of people in this world have no idea what it means to be in God's presence. Um, but so, so I, people want to know like what it's like, what happens. It's um, so a lot of us actually got sick. So there's not that many of us here that went. But I see, I see Logan in the back, and Thomas was here somewhere. But I think he might have went to Children's Church. Anyway, feel free to talk to them about it. I'm sure they there are lots of cool things they could share. I'll I'll tell you. Just imagine like great worship. Morning and night, oh, about 6,000 people, um, right? True, like the, the things that stick out to me, right? People ask, well, what's your favorite part? It's kind of, it's impossible to say, right? I, I like that just like truth of God's word, like all day for days, um, right? People gather together with the same belief and want to be in God's presence, right? That's really cool. Um, you know, just learning things about God. Um, there's lots of things that we did that was fun, right? There's a lot of fun. All that stuff is good. One thing that maybe it's a little hard for me to verbalize, but just seeing people. So like we're corporately worshiping, but at the same time, people individually connecting with God. And it's kind of hard to explain, um, but it was so cool, right? Just, um, so we standing around and, you know, you can just see people, some people crying, some people like just laughing, some people smile, some people looking a little serious, right? Which is okay. God can take a little serious too, right? Um, but, you know, you could just tell that people were, were in their own way throughout the week, in different ways, connecting with God, right? Things that they needed to talk about, things that they needed to fix, Things that they needed to get off their chest. Things they needed healing for, right? Just all kinds of things. Um, so that was the thing that really stood out to me. It's the idea that even as we connect as 6,000 people, 
people are still connecting individually to God in, in whatever way they need. And, and God is more than capable of, of dealing with that, right? So I find that to be really awesome. So today, um, I want to contrast that with a little different kind of experience. So um, before I was in ministry, a lot of you know I was my first degree is in civil engineering. So I, I worked at a city. One of my first mentors, one of the things he taught me was never, ever, ever. And he would say it just like that. Never, ever, ever. Agree to go to a meeting unless you've seen the agenda first. All right. This dude hated meetings. Um, right. Especially the kind, you know, the kind I'm talking about where it's like, why did we just sit there for an hour? We accomplished absolutely nothing. Right. Um, and there are a lot of those kind of meetings. Um, hence the name of today's sermon, meetings, consultations and sessions. Right. Um, and I learned to quickly also agree with him that those kind of meetings are useless, right? We sat around for, a, for an hour and not a single person that was there was either able or willing to come to any conclusion as to what we were talking about. So I'm like, you're right. I will not go to a meeting until I've seen the agenda first and figured out, right, is this really necessary? Okay, so, so picture that. So just for a second, put yourself, torture yourself for a second and put yourself in one of those lame, boring Meetings, right? You've you've had them, and probably now more than ever, right? Because, um, like, it's even worse on Zoom. It's I don't know for some reason it's worse on Zoom. Um, so you can picture that, right? All right. So now, so here's the question of the day, and let's be honest, okay? Is talking with God torturous like that? Right? The honest answer is sometimes, and for all of us, it is. Um, for some of us. Maybe, maybe it's not right now, but you've been there and you might be there again where, where the, the thought of talking with God is like a meeting consultation or a session that, that you don't want to be at. And man, it was almost overwhelming at life to see how beautiful it can be to connect with God. Okay. All right. So I want to contrast that with this. Let's try a little bit of a different exercise. Okay. So picture this. So in the South, there's this idea of front porch sitting, right? Um, some of you guys, for us, it's more like back deck sitting, but same idea. All right, so, like, I don't know what that's like for you, like sweet tea, lemonade. For me, there has to be a snack, right? If you're going to sit on the back deck, there has to be a snack. Um, and just, so something like that, just hanging out with God, right? Just whatever is going on, just talking with God the way you might sit there and talk with, right, a friend. And sometimes that's like not talking at all, right? Some of the best front porch sitting is just sitting there with each other, right? And the same is true with God. Some of the best just hanging out with God is, you know, there's some talking, there's some chatting, but there's some just sitting, right? And just being there and listening. Okay. Um, so the truth of the matter is we can easily fall for this lie that, that talking with God has to be some kind of boring meeting. Or consultation. Um, I hate that word, consultation. Um, as, as, a, like, as it relates to talking with God, right? It shouldn't be a consultation. Um, so we're going to, today we're going to look at three different people in the Bible and, and the kind of conversation that they had with God. And just be reminded of some truths of what it should be like to just chat with God. All right? So... Um, Think of it as, hopefully this is a brief 
a bit of a refreshing way to think about our interactions with God. All right, so first is David, right? So he had some meaningful conversations. So we think about the Psalms. There's so many. Um, many of them are different. We're going to look at um, something a little different, though. We're going to look at 1 Samuel, first, in chapter 23, verses 1 through 5. All right. When David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are looting the threshing floors, he inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, Go, attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, Here in Judah, we are afraid. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go down to Keilah, for I'm going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Keilah, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Keilah. Okay, so David encounters, hears about a problem. His first instinct, inquire of the Lord, right? Um, So this is the habit of someone who is used to having conversations with God, right? Not just meetings and consultations, but talks and chats and conversations. So God responds, do it. Ah, but notice his friends, they're not that excited about it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, we're kind of afraid. We're afraid that we're not even there yet. All right? Um, so, he checks one more time, right? He goes back. Okay, God, my friends, are, they're a little afraid. Just want to make sure this is what you want. Yes, I want you to go do it. All right. One reason we have meaningful conversations is because we're interested in what that person has to say. What's the point otherwise? So, Question. Do I really want to know God's perspective? It seems kind of obvious. But it's an important question. Am I really interested in God's input? Am I, do I really care about God's thoughts? The truth is sometimes we're not interested, right? Sometimes we're just interested in what we think, what we think we know, and that's it. Um, let's continue the story. Uh, verses 7 and 8. Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. So remember, Saul and David are having some issues right now. And he said, God has delivered him into my hands, for David has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. And Saul called up all his forces for battle to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. All right, so notice some differences. No mention of checking in with God at all, right? Just, hey. I heard that David's in Keilah. He's kind of surrounded himself. He made a mistake. I'm going to take advantage. So Saul just quickly latches on to circumstances. But there's a lesson here. We've got to be cautious when deriving meaning from circumstances. Right? So it's easy to, to just see circumstances and to make assumptions. Right? Remember David's lessons. Inquire with God. Don't just, just, don't just follow the circumstances. So many years ago, the Indiana Department of Social Services sent a letter to one of their Hoosier folk. It read as follows. We received notice that you passed away. Your food stamps will be stopped effective in 30 days. Unless, of course, there's a change in your circumstances. If so, you must reapply within 30 days. Right? Pretty sure his circumstances didn't change. Um, so we've got to be careful with circumstances. Right? We can't just, we just can't follow the circumstances, right? God has to be involved. We must, we need God's help in discerning the circumstances, all right? So you may have heard of 
the discernment triangle, right? So triangle has three points, right? So the circumstances, but there's also God and his word. And then there's also our, our Christian friends who can help us along our path too, right? So we need all three of those, right? Certainly not just circumstances, certainly not just our friends, no matter how Christian they are. We need God and his word too to kind of give us three points, of confirmation. Right? So if you complete this, finish the story that we're reading, there's more examples of God conversing with God, right? There's lots of those in the Bible, right? God inquiring of God. Um, um, David arguing with God, right? David being truthful with God. David, David laying out his sorrows for God, right? All kinds of ways that God has real conversation with God. All right. <clears throat> Number two, so the next person is Nicodemus, and this is more of an engaging chat. Um, so John 3.16 is like the most famous verse in the Bible. Billions of people know it. People that have no clue anything about the Bible know John 3.16. What, what we often miss is what leads up to John 3.16, right? That's only verse 16, right? There's verses 1 through 15. Um, so what's going on that get, leads us to John 3.16? And that's a conversation that Nicodemus has with Jesus. So Nicodemus is a Pharisee. The Pharisees generally hate Jesus. They spend all their time trying to trap him, right, get rid of him. Nicodemus is, is interested in what Jesus has to say. But he can't just come out and ask because, right, it's, he'd be humiliated amongst his peers. Right, so, <coughs> excuse me. So verse 1 through 6, Nicodemus has a, an, an engaging chat with Jesus. He says this. So here we go. 1 through 6. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. But how can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Okay, so Nicodemus, right, who is, has an obvious place of authority in the Jewish culture, came to Jesus but with three very good qualities that, that we should emulate as it comes to having conversations, chats with God. So one, he came to engage in conversation, not confrontation. All right. Um, and there's definitely a difference, right? Nicodemus was looking for an honest conversation. He had questions. He had doubts. He didn't really understand. And that's fine. God can handle our doubts, right? He's by far big enough to deal with whatever questions we have and, and doubts we might have with a caveat, right? As long as we're truly looking for real answers, right? If we're only looking for a confrontation and want to yell at God, I mean, God can handle that too, but he's, he can't help us if we're not interested and open to the truth, right? So yeah, we can yell at God and toss out questions, but if you, if you really want to know the truth, God will help you find it. Otherwise, it's just kind of blah, 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 right? Um, 
Two, he came in humility, not arrogance. Right? Same idea. He, he is a man of power in this culture. So he could have come to Jesus that way. But he came with some humility, right? He, he, because he really wanted to engage Jesus in a real conversation, right? And he came with an open heart. He came looking for the truth and was willing to listen. So our conversations, our chats with Jesus, we need those qualities, right? We need to be open. We need to be honest. We need to have some humility. We need to want to know the truth and be open to hear it, right? Our posture matters. Our attitude matters. Our reasons matter. Our motives matter. Because otherwise it's just a, a session, a consultation, right? Hardly anything happens. But if we engage Jesus, right, he helps us to see the truth. The questions that you have, he wants to answer them, right? He doesn't want you to, to have these lingering questions. He wants to, to work in our lives to, so that we can grow, right? So <laughs> President Franklin Roosevelt got tired of, like, all of the um, gatherings with people that he had to constantly meet people, right? You can imagine going down the line, having to shake everybody's hand, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing, right? So one day he decided to have a little fun. So he was assuming that nobody ever really even listened to what he said in this little, like, quick line. So he decided one day to say, I killed my mother-in-law this morning. I killed my mother-in-law this morning. I killed my mother-in-law this morning. I believe this is a true story, as far as I can tell. And, and, and he was right. Most everybody was like, oh, great, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Good to see you. Good morning. Except one guy who leaned over and said, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> yeah. As again, as far as I can tell, this is a true story. So, but FDR had this same idea, right? That, man, a lot of times we're, we're interacting with people we're doing things, we're interacting with God, and it's for naught. Except with, for people, sometimes it is, right? We just, it just is. With God, it, it shouldn't be. It never has to be. It can always be a real, meaningful, engaging conversation, right? He wants nothing more than that. It's us that, that gets this feeling like FDR, right? Try it. Say to God, yeah, I killed my mother-in-law this morning. See what he says. I don't know. He, he wouldn't condone it, obviously. He'll definitely hear it. Um, he won't just say, well, good for you. Um, right? Our hearts belong to the creator of the universe. Right? He molded us. He breathed life into us. He wants to engage with us. Sometimes we're more like, huh, another meeting, another consultation. Uh. Um, I'm reminded, so at camp, we learned this song about announcements, right? I never heard this song before. So it's... Uh, Announcements, announcements, announcements. Leaders have another one, another one, another one, right? It's so funny because that's probably what the kids think, right? They think, oh my gosh, another announcement. Will you please stop? But they're important, right? Um, that's how we feel about meetings in general. And unfortunately, sometimes we think about meeting with God this way, right? Another one, another one, another one. Ah, oh, that's so sad, right? It should, be, it should be, man, the creator of the universe wants to spend a few minutes with me right now. All right, so we have questions, we have doubts. Those are fine, as long as we are open and honest about them with God, right? He's good with that. All right, 
Our third person is Moses. And he has talks with a purpose. You might recall, Moses makes several treks up Mount Sinai. And he has these really interesting talks with God while he's there. You can read, we're not going to read all of these. You can read that these are like Exodus and Exodus like 19 to 34. There's a bunch of them. Um, But we are going to look at one example. It was his last trip up the mount to talk to God. And this is from Exodus 34, starting at 29. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. Sinai. All right. So some takeaways. Being in God's presence changes us. All right. So I've been into I've been in a lot of meetings where I barely remembered anything that was said. And it certainly didn't change me. But but having a conversation with God is not like that. Right. When we have a conversation with God, it should change us. Um, Right. Moses' face was radiant. Right. It it actually glowed. All right. So. um, It makes sense. Right. If God is light, then why wouldn't that be so? And when we have a conversation with God, our face might not literally glow, but God's light does. When we're connected with God, his light does shine through us. Right. So we shine, just not literally. um, Right. Our lives shine. Our character shines. Uh, The truth of the things that we say shine in a dark place. And then when people interact with someone like that, they see it, right? People see that light shining forth, all right? And number two, conversations with the Lord result in something to share. So, man, I've been in a lot of meetings afterwards. Somebody said, so, you know, I wasn't able to make it. What happened? And my first thought was, man, I wish I were you and I didn't make it. Um, But... I don't have anything to share because we didn't do anything. We didn't accomplish anything. It was a complete waste of time, right? Not so when we interact with God. When we have a real conversation with God, um, man, there's something to share. So every time that Moses came from a, right, a conversation with God, an engaging talk, uh, he had something to tell the people, right? God revealed something to Moses. God revealed it to the people. And Right. It was a beautiful way for for God to interact with Moses and his people. All right. So I have a question. There is a very specific related word that I have purposely not said as of yet. Any guesses? So we're talking about conversations with God. Prayer. I've specifically purposely not said the word prayer yet. Um. So, so our final number four here is some, some reflection on these things, right? So I read a story once. Again, I think, I believe this would be a true story too. It's about a, a guy in the army in World War I, and he was on sentry duty close to the enemy line. And when somebody came to take his place, it was his habit to pray right after his, his duty to Thank God for his safety and, and his, 
his team and, and all that. So, but because today he was right there on the front line, he just, he didn't really have anywhere to go. So he just took like a couple steps just away from the guy who took his place and he just started talking. Kind of freaked that guy out a little bit because he never seen anybody pray like that. He didn't know what, had any idea what the guy was doing. So that guy actually reported him to their commanding officer as, um, he, he wasn't sure what was going on, so he said that he was telling the enemy things, right? And so the commanding officer called them in, and it was like, he says that you were telling the enemy. You were talking to the enemy. He was like, no, sir, that's not what I was doing. Well, what were you doing? I was praying. He, and he was a little, the commanding officer was a little bit dumbfounded too, right? So, so you mean to tell me you were just standing there out in the middle of the field next to the enemy line just praying? And he was like, yes, sir. So he said, do it right now. Do what right now? Pray. So he just starts talking to God the way, because he talks to God all the time, regularly. He was able to just do it. And the commanding officer was like, okay, I believe you. Because you've obviously done this before. You, nobody could just do that, right? You obviously talk to God all the time. I believe you. So um, conversing with God, right? We call that prayer. Um, but it was never intended to be mechanical or rote or mindless or parroting or, or a meeting, a session, a consultation, right? It was never intended to be any of those things, right? With God, we can have conversations that are uplifting and positive and sometimes deep and sometimes not deep at all. Right. That's the beauty of it. It can be the deepest thing you've ever experienced. It could also be just a chat. It could be purposeful. It can be hopeful. Right. It can be it can be so many things. But it was never intended to be just another meeting. So. So here's the question. Right. Do we truly desire these types of conversations with our creator. Because if we don't, they're not going to happen. And it's, again, it seems obvious, but it's not. Right? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we already know. Some, right? We already know. Sometimes we already have the answer. Sometimes we're not interested in knowing something else because it'll mean that we have to make some changes. Right? There's lots of reasons we're not necessarily always interested in really hearing from God, right? But God is always interested in hearing from us, right? All the time, every day. Big things, little things, just to hang out, just front porch sitting, just, right, something you need, something you want to share. You need to be uplifted. You need, you're just full of joy and want to thank God, right? Whatever it is, right? God's there. He, that's what he wants, it's us that tend to step away from that sometimes. So um, I want to finish with a couple of verses here. So in John 6, verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We don't usually relate this verse to prayer, but, but man, it just kept coming to me this week. It definitely relates to our desire, right? Um, do we truly want the everlasting bread of life? And do we truly want the everlasting quench of 
of this life water that Jesus gives, right? We get those things by being in communication with him, by being connected to him, conversations with him, chats with him, right? That's, um, that's where this everlasting bread of life and water come from. Um, it's been said, be careful what you desire because you're likely to get it. And, right, this is what we should be desiring. A real conversation, talk, chat with Jesus. And one final thought from Jesus, from John chapter 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Right? This idea has been engraved in our hearts. We were created to hear God's voice. Right? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. Did you know that surveys indicate that even amongst atheists and agnostics, 20% of them pray every day? Right? 20% of agnostics and atheists pray every day. Man, I read that a couple weeks ago and I was flabbergasted. But it makes sense, right? We were created to know the voice of God, right? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Even, even in the hearts of an atheist, they know that, man, the, the voice of, they were created to hear the voice of God. And they, they recognize that they want, they want God to hear their voice. So, Remember this, it doesn't make any sense that, that at the end of that line with God, that there would be a receiver, but no mouthpiece. Okay? So, right? Not only does God hear us, but he wants to talk to us too. So grab a sweet tea, hit the hammock, and let's have a conversation with God. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for your willingness to just talk with us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that made the way for us to connect with you directly. To just talk to Abba, Father God. To just sometimes have deep, meaningful conversations. Sometimes just to chat. No pretense, nothing required, just a real conversation. I pray you would forgive us for making it something that it was never intended to be. I pray you would forgive us for sometimes just not listening to you, just ignoring you. Lord, help us to connect with you in a way that maybe we haven't done in a long time, or maybe ever. You desperately want to speak into our lives, Lord, so give us ears to hear. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Please stand and join us. And I was thinking about, like, the original story behind this song. But how we can really put it into terms of today's sermon. Maybe we haven't had the faith to pray more or to be in the presence of the Lord.